Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy uh, coming to you today once again on this um, August the 7th, Friday of 2020. And we are so delighted to be with you. We also want to take the time to welcome all of our listeners, wherever you are tuning in from. It's always an honor for us that you could join us today as we study the Word of God. It's Friday as we get heading into the weekend. As always, not knowing what will come as so many things are transpiring all around the world on a daily basis, especially in our nation. So let us always keep our eyes open and our ears in tune, watching and waiting, amen, as Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. But today, I believe God has some uh, cool things, some, some things that he wants to show us today. So we invite you to have your Bible ready. And, and get ready with us to study the Word of God on this Friday. As always, it is a pleasure to be with the panel, uh, Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, and Brother Jeremiah, to come together as always and study the Word of God together. So, Brother Marty, I'll leave it to you to share <laughs> what God has placed in your heart today as we study the Word of God together. Well, praise the Lord. We've been on quite a journey the last couple of weeks. Uh, this is our 17th podcast in our study of John chapter 20 and 21 and we we had uh, quite a study yesterday I actually uh, haven't listened to all our podcasts but uh, I took the time early this morning to listen to uh, yesterday's podcast uh, concerning Simon Peter and how the Lord asked him three times do you love me and uh, I tell you that that really touched my heart you know how the Lord uh moved in Peter's life and changed him from being simply uh, a fisherman to <laughs> to a fisher of men, right? And to a leader in, in his church and, and the grace of God that uh, that was bestowed upon him and all the disciples. And so it's been a fascinating study and we encourage you uh, to go back and, and, and take the time to listen to much of the things that were taught. Um, because there is a lot of information that's been placed in the last 17 podcasts that I think uh, just in themselves could almost be a semester in school, you know. So it's uh, it's been an honor and a, and, and a, and a great joy uh, to experience these uh, last two chapters of the book of John. And, and, and as, uh, as we come to the conclusion of it now, we're going to have kind of a different day today. I really don't know how it'll come out, but I pray that it'll bless you. Um, as we come to the conclusion uh, of, of of this story, which began early in the morning, John chapter 20 on Resurrection Day, and, and we went through all the different things that happened on that first Resurrection Day, and all the people that were impacted, and 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 the lives that were changed, and the things that were accomplished during the three days and three nights uh, that the Lord. Uh, his body lay in the tomb, but his his soul and his spirit um, accomplished much in those three days. And you'll find that uh, in those podcasts we did. And then, you know, his appearance uh, when he rose from the dead to Mary and then the two uh, on the road to Emmaus, um, his leading of captivity captive into heaven, his return again, uh, you know, late in the evening on that day. There was just so much that happened on that very first resurrection day. And then his appearance uh, to Thomas and and the others uh, eight days later when he appeared the first time Thomas was missing, and then he appears again 
on the uh, uh, you know eight days later to Thomas and reveals himself to him, and then the third time, which we spent the last week dealing with, the great prophetic insights uh, that we gleaned out of the historical narrative that John recorded in John chapter 21, beginning on the Sea of Tiberias and the seven disciples being a type of the church, uh, Sea of Tiberias being a type of the end of time uh, uh, antichrist system and, and, and being ruled by an antichrist figure. The fishing at midnight and not catching anything all night. And then Jesus, just before the break of day, appearing on the shore, uh, off the sea, calling his disciples off the sea, uh, which was, as we taught, a, a figure of, of not only the Jesus standing as judge and loosing the seven seals, but also beginning the process of drawing his church to himself, which would culminate uh, with the catch of a great harvest of fish on the right side of the boat, signifying God separating the sheep from the goats, if you will, the good from the bad, and bringing them home. Uh, and and we talked about Peter when he cast himself into the sea, and he gird himself about with his fisherman's coat. And we spoke on that, talking about how that fisherman's coat uh, was a type of the wedding garment, which all people will need uh, when they when they get to the shore and, and stand before the Lord, we won't be able to go there unless we have a wedding garment on and you only get one issued to you if you belong to him. <clears throat> and we spoke of the, of the prophesied martyrdom and persecution that would come on the church symbolic of, of the coals and the fire, uh, the, the, the live coals of fire and, and the fish and the bread being those souls that have gone before us in connection with the Lord Jesus Christ, who symbolized by the bread, is our high priest and the fish, uh, those souls uh, who have given their lives to the Lord. And then the dragging of the 153, an exact number, uh, as we we talked about the Lord revealing there, um, that he knows the exact number of souls and how many will be brought in. And once he reaches that number, uh, the door is shut and the wrath will be poured out. But when they make it to the shore, there he is, and he invites them to come and dine, uh, it's over for the church, symbolic of the marriage supper of the Lamb. And, and when all of these three things or three appearances happen, John notes them. He records them, <clears throat> even though there were many other appearances, uh, as he gets to the conclusion of the 21st chapter, he emphasizes that it was the third time. And, and that's where I want to begin today. And we're going to look at some things. You need to have your Bibles today because what you're going to hear needs to be searched out uh, and, and seen. What, what what John does here, what John did here, it, it absolutely blew my mind uh, as the Spirit of God began to show me um, what he actually did when he wrote uh, of the three appearances. So, Brother Jeremy, would you start reading with us uh, <clears throat> for us in verse 13? and 14, and then we'll begin our study in Jesus' name. Yes, amen. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. So there it is, verse 14. John says this is the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. And after that, 
uh, after he was risen from the dead. <clears throat> What's unique about the way that John presents the three different appearances to the to his disciples after the resurrection is that when we're, what we're going to see right now <laughs> is quite amazing because with each appearance, uh, Jesus revealed himself in a particular way, uh, which we'll see. You know, in the first appearance, if you remember, which we're going to look at, uh, he came and the disciples uh, were in a room. The doors were shut. It says for fear of the Jews. And then Jesus stands in the midst and he begins to engage them in conversation. The way he came, the, what was going on uh, at that first appearance uh, is very, very specific. And, and John uh, is very much a, a person who has attention to detail and he records it that way. <clears throat> but there was one of them was missing. Uh, Thomas, he didn't see the resurrected Lord. So eight days later, the Lord returns and appears again. That was the second appearance. And there he reveals his hands, his feet, his side to Thomas. And Thomas uh, proclaims him and worships him as his Lord and his God. And then again, like we talked about, uh, as, as what Brother Jeremy just read here, the third time uh, is everything we discussed at the end of chapter 21 and, and how he came and showed himself to his disciples the third time. Now, as we were studying this and 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 you know digging into these things, I really, <laughs> the Holy Spirit whispered to my to my heart and began to show me some things that I had never seen before. And so I'm not clear. I, I haven't seen it in any of the commentaries. I went and looked, and you know I just had never seen this before, and it really excited me. So I hope that it blesses you, so that you can see just how inspired the Word of God really is. And how impossible it would be um, to to have these things recorded the way they were, except God be with those, especially the Apostle John who did it. So when I was I was really meditating on the fact, why did he emphasize three times? He emphasized that he saw Jesus three times after his resurrection. And so I began to go back and look at it, and then and then the Holy Spirit reminded me and called to mind that <laughs> remember he told me. <laughs> I felt in, in my thoughts from the Spirit of God that, that he said, remember, uh, how many times did Jesus appear to John in the book of Revelation as the resurrected Lord? And I, and I went and searched it and looked at it, and, I, and lo and behold, he appeared to him three times throughout the book of Revelation. And, so, <laughs> and we're going to see that in the second year. So I, I said, no way. I mean, that can't possibly be. So yeah, sure it is. I mean, the, and we'll see it here in a second. So then I started thinking, well, I wonder if those three times that he appeared uh, to to the disciples on earth, if they would actually correspond and follow the same pattern through the book of Revelation as he appeared to John in the book of Revelation. And I think what we're going to see here is quite amazing because he did. And that's what we're going to look at. I hope that makes some uh, sort of sense. <laughs> I think it's amazing. It's quite amazing. So, so let's look at, for, at the first appearance, what happened in the first appearance. And, and brother, uh, brother, brother Jeremy's going to read the appearance, uh, and we'll talk about the appearances. And he's going to read uh, as we go out of John. And then Brother Fernando, uh, I pray, will read uh, in the book of Revelation, and we'll see 
we'll see something amazing. So let's take a look at this. So here's the first appearance. But Jeremy, could you read uh, verse 19 of chapter 20? This is the first appearance to the disciples now. And this is what is said. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Praise God. Okay, so this is the first time he appears to them. <clears throat> so what do we know? What clues do we see here? The first thing we're going to see is is uh, the day. He's talking about a specific day, and that same day that he's referencing is the resurrection day. Now, Brother Fernando, would you read to us Revelation chapter 1 and see if we can see uh, anything that's going to lead to the Lord appearing? Because we know that he did. The first time he appears to John is in Revelation chapter 1. That's the first time he appears. The first time he appears to his disciples is in John 20, 19 on earth. But then what we see, uh, we have some clues here in verse 19 that Brother Jeremy just read. He identifies a particular day. We know that that day is the resurrection day. Now, uh, let's take a look at this because it says, it says here, let me see here, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. John, John is, John's on the Isle of Patmos, right? And, and the Lord begins to, to, to appear to him on a particular day. What does it say, Brother uh, Fernando? You, you want me to read verse 10 only? Yeah, or, read, uh... yeah, for right now, just verse 10. Okay. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. All right. So what did we see, Brother Jeremy? They're all they're all shut up in this room, right? But when the Lord comes to appear to them is on Resurrection Day, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he says that in verse 19. He says, on the same yes. day, right? On the Being same the day. Now, John... Day in the of the book, week. Yes. And John, in the book of Revelation, when when Jesus appears... Jesus, now, we're not just talking about some symbol or anything like that. We're talking about the resurrected Jesus now. He appears to John just like he did the first time he appeared to his disciples. The first time he appears in the book of Revelation is on the Lord's day. Isn't that right, Brother Fernando? Correct. I was I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He's not talking about the Sabbath day. He's talking about the Lord's day. And the Lord's day was the resurrection day. So we've got the pattern already emerging here. We can say, okay. That's that's good. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> but then, <laughs> what else do we see here, Brother Jeremy, in verse uh, 19? It says that uh, he he appeared that same day at evening, being the first day of the week. That's the Lord's mm-hmm. day. And what was the condition going on? Could you read that part? The Bible says, when the doors were shut, where the, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Okay, right. So... So it's it's the Lord's day, and what how what kind of a situation do we find them in? We find them uh, to put it to put it one way in in a sense that they're locked in, right? They're 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 almost like in a prison-like state, is how I'm going to say it. And they're there because they're afraid, right? Mm-hmm. For fear of the Jews. Now look at how John describes the situation he's in. Can you read verse nine? 
of chapter one, Brother Fernando? Uh, okay. Let me see here. What verse again, brother? Verse nine. Uh, Revelation chapter one? Yes. Okay. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay, so in verse 10, what Brother Fernando read to us was that that uh, when the Lord, the resurrected Lord begins to appear to him the first time in the book of Revelation, it's on his, it's on the Lord's day. It's on, it's on the day of the week that he was resurrected. He calls it the Lord's day. The first time that he appeared to his disciples was on the Lord's day. That's the resurrection day. And when he appeared to them, it says that they were they were shut up in their house there and they're they're afraid. And in the book of Revelation, verse nine, John describes himself as being in prison, right? On Patmos. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and he calls himself the companion uh, their companion, your fellow brother and companion in tribulation. So you have you have kind of a same thing here right you, because of uh, uh and he says that he was he was their companion in tribulation for what for the what you just read brother fernando for the word of god and for what else the testimony of jesus christ right right he's act, he's actually on, in prison because of the testimony of jesus christ well the reason back on earth there and that they were actually in the room was because of the testimony of jesus christ would you agree with that yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right. So so we got this going already, right? I was just looking at parallels now. So, you know, just, just look at the interesting things that happen here. So then the next thing is we've set the scene, right? Uh, the first thing we read in John chapter 20, verse 19, is that it's resurrection day. It's at evening. And then we went over to Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, because Jesus is appearing to John now. Um, and, and how he appears to John John identifies the day as the Lord's day. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day when he heard the Lord's voice. So the two days parallel. The next thing that we see in John chapter 20, verse 19, is they're actually shut up. Uh, all the doors are locked. They're in the house because they're afraid. And they're there basically because for the testimony of Jesus Christ, right? They're his disciples. And then when you go over to Revelation, <laughs> when you go over to Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, what Brother uh, uh, Fernando just read, is that uh, John identifies himself as being a companion in tribulation. So we see the parallel. They're shut up in this room because they're afraid. So you could also say they're up under tribulation, right? They're going through some things, just like John later identifies himself as, as a companion of the brethren in tribulation. They're locked inside this house. John, in, 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 a, in, a, in essence, is locked on the prison island of Patmos. And they're there because of their devotion and their and their their walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And John's on the island, he says, for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, so we got that established. And then it says what, Brother Jeremy, in verse 19, after they were, uh, then what happens after that? This, it says uh, in the same verse, King Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Now, Brother Fernando, would you read to us uh, verse 12 and 13? 
of chapter 1. <clears throat> and I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. I don't know if you can see it yet, but look what Brother Jeremy just read in, in verse 19, uh, after he establishes what day it was. And then he says, we're really up under tribulation here, right? We're locked up in the house, just like he was locked up on the Isle of Patmos. We're here because we're afraid. I'm on the Isle of Patmos because of tribulation. I'm here because of the testimony of Jesus. They were in that room locked up because of the testimony of Jesus. And then Jesus stands in their midst, right? Jesus stood in the midst. And what Brother yes. Fernando just met, read, read here, as the pattern continues to unfold in verse <laughs> in verse 13, it, it says that Jesus stands in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, right? Yes. That's correct. Do you see it? <laughs> yes. There's a pattern there. Right? Absolutely. So yes. Okay, so he stands in the midst of his disciples, and you could you could honestly say that that that's the church right there, right? I mean, that's the church at the time <laughs> before yeah. before the right. So it's kind of interesting that in verse uh, thirteen, that's how he appears the first time to John in the book of Revelation is standing in the midst of the church, right? The seven golden candlesticks. You you you, you can tell me I'm crazy at any time, but I still see this pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I hope I'm not freaking people out. So listen. So then, what does he tell him in verse 19? After that, brother, he says, "What he stands in the midst. Peace, peace be unto you. So and he says unto them, "Peace be unto you." That sounds a lot like verse 17. Could you read verse 17, brother, brother Fernando, in, in Revelation? Chapter one, 17, yeah. says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. All right, so back at the house on earth, <laughs> he says <laughs> what? Peace. <laughs> he says, peace be unto you. Over in the book of Revelation, this is a year later, right? That's how he appears to, to John. He says, do not fear, right? Fear not. It's the same thing, right? It's, it's peace be unto you. Don't be afraid. And that's what he said in the first appearance. So what have we seen so far? It, it, it says that the first time he appeared to them on earth after his resurrection, he calls it the same day or resurrection day. In, John chap, in Revelation chapter 1, he appears to John uh, on the Lord's day. That's the first appearance that John had. Now, what we're talking about, remember, are three appearances. So we're looking at the very first appearance in the book of Revelation, just so you don't get lost with it. And we're correlating it to the very first appearance that Jesus had uh, to his disciples. They pattern, the pattern holds out. He, in the first okay. appearance, he comes on Resurrection Day, uh, you know, on earth. Uh, and, and then in the book of Revelation, the first appearance, he comes on Resurrection Day. In John, on the first day, uh, they're 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 up under tribulation, right? They're afraid of the Jews. They're 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 locked in the house, and they're there because of their testimony with Jesus. In Revelation one nine, the first appearance again, 
John is is in is up under tribulation. He's locked on the Isle of Patmos, and he's there for the testimony of Jesus. Then Jesus comes uh, and and stands in their midst. And and in in Revelation chapter one, he stands in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, and and he finally sees him and calls him the Son of Man, just like on the very first appearance back on earth, he stands in the midst and they recognize him. And he stands in the midst of, of the known church at the time, right, in that house, just like he stands in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, which are a type of the church in the book of Revelation. He tells them, peace be unto you. And then when in, in Revelation 117, still up under that first appearance in the book of Revelation, he says, do not be afraid. It's the same thing. It's telling someone not to be afraid. In other words, peace be unto you. Then he does something in John chapter 20. What is uh, 2020? What is he? What happens then, Brother Jeremy? And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Amen. So in, in the very first appearance to his disciples, again, here's the pattern, right? He says, peace be unto you. And then he reveals himself by showing him his hands and his side to his disciples. He reveals himself as the resurrected Lord. After what we've just discussed, we now come to the point where he tells John, do not be afraid, or in other words, peace be unto you. And then we come to verse 18. In the first appearance in the book of Revelation, he does the same thing. He reveals himself as the resurrected Lord by saying what, Brother Fernando, in verse 18? Verse 18 says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Do you see it? Do you see the pattern? In John 20, after he says, peace be unto you, in verse 19, he then reveals himself in John 20, 20 as the resurrected Lord. In Revelation uh, 1, verse 17 and 18, he first says, peace be unto you, or do not be afraid, John. And then in verse 18, he reveals himself as the resurrected Lord, right? I was dead, but now I'm alive. So the first appearance to the disciples, the pattern holds true. As to the same, the same pattern unfolds. Now you're going to ask me, why does he do this? I have no idea. I just find it incredibly fascinating that the pattern holds out. We're going to find out because I get to seek God over this, and I hope you guys out there, whatever the Lord reveals to you, man, but this is incredible. Uh, am I the only one seeing this, or, or you guys see this too? I think it, it's powerful because he is he is revealing himself. Which the pattern is that now he's revealing himself as the resurrected Lord. <laughs> yes. And, and yes. That's, that's the same way he revealed himself uh, after, after, after uh, his... Uh, his death when he becomes as the resurrected Lord, and that's the same way he does it in at the end, right? And with John in the book of Revelation as yeah, the resurrected and, Lord. And that's what's fascinating to me because Paul gives us a principle. And 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 look, this, this is an area that that I'm still exploring, and so I'm not claiming to really have a lot of light on this. But the fact that we can see this pattern there seems to be some sort of really, really incredible thing that is done uh, because we're see, I mean, you know, it, it occurred first in the natural, right? This, this pattern happened in the natural. And then, and then here we are up in heaven in the book of Revelation. 
So the first appearance to the to the disciples on Resurrection Day perfectly mirrors the first appearance of the resurrected Lord in the Book of Revelation to His Apostle John, and mm-hmm. and that's that's and it's John who's writing the gospel. Yes, I don't, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why it is. I just think that we we might we might see something. Let's turn over here to First Corinthians fifteen. Because, uh, and again, I know this is a little different, but this is exciting to me. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. And I know that there's a reason, and we're, we're going to find out. Go ahead, brother. What were you going to say? It, it's powerful because it's the way the Lord desires to reveal himself now. And you said something. Paul kind of gets, uh, he said something about pattern. I, I, what is exactly what you said about the pattern? But, uh, Remember when, for example, he would say that I may know him. Yes. <laughs> God yes. wanting to be known, right? That I may know him. Yes. First, he says, interesting, in the power of his resurrection. Power of his the resurrection. And we spoke yes. about that actually in a few podcasts, why the Lord would choose to reveal himself and not say first death, but he said in the power of his resurrection, then in the fellowship of his suffering. So for I don't know if I'm following the same line that what you're thinking, but there, there's something uh, there, you know, that there Paul is something knew. there, and I think we—that's what, well, what Paul begins to reveal in in some way here, because he's there's a, there seems to be a connection with what happens in, in in our world and then what happens on the other side, because what what unfolds, you know, as we begin to see, and I hope I'm not losing people here, but listen. What we're talking about are the three appearances of Jesus. And what we are discovering is that those three separate and distinct appearances of Jesus after he rose from the dead perfectly parallel the three appearances of Jesus in the book of Revelation to his apostle John, who was the one who wrote about the three appearances in his gospel. They're the same thing. And we'll see as we go on, it's striking. In this first appearance, we're beginning to see something. But now we're asking the question, why would that be? I mean, that's just, that's so beyond and so multi-layered in its implication. But but look what Paul says here. Can you read it to us, Brother Jeremy, in, uh, in, in, in verse 41 and 42? Of chapter, chapter 15, 15, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> there is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon. And another glory of the stars, for one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. In verse 43 and 44. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And then verse forty six. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. And then forty eight and forty nine. As is the earth earthy, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. 
And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. And 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 so <laughs> that seems to be what's happening here. After Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared three separate times. I find it incredibly fascinating as we as we go on in this, and, and we'll see it even more. We've already begun to see some things, right? The same way he appeared in the natural world, when we get to the book of Revelation and he makes his first appearance in the book of Revelation, he appears in the same exact way, only, it, <laughs> only they're in the spirit, right? They're in the spirit world. So something's being birthed. It had to, it, he had to appear the way he did in order for what is birthed and revealed in the book of Revelation to be. I mean, that's what we just read. Uh, I know that's really deep stuff, right? That's, that's, that's deep thought, but, but it's there. And it's fascinating. I'm not saying, you know, it's, you know it's, a, it's a point of salvation or anything. You know, you're not going to lose your soul if you don't see it. It's okay. But look at it. I mean, just go back and look at this. This is incredible. So, so what do we just see here? In John 20, 20, let's go back to where we were. Again, we're dealing with the very first appearance after his resurrection. That's the Lord's day. They, he appeared on the Lord's day. John, in the book of Revelation, in the very first appearance that Jesus has now in the heavenly realm, he begins to reveal himself to John the same exact way he had revealed himself to John and the apostles when he was on the earth right after his resurrection. Now... <laughs> Uh, I should never have started this. <laughs> this, <All> is right. <laughs> this is great stuff, man. I like it. Uh, you guys, whoever's listening to us, you just got to bear with us today because I tell you what, after six months of digging into the Word, this is this is for me. If it's not for anybody else, it's for me. And so I'm glad you guys are, are joining us for the ride. So listen, so now we come to, he appears to him and he reveals himself as the resurrected Lord, right? And when we go and look in Revelation in his first appearance, the same pattern holds up. After he says, peace be unto you, he, or, or fear not, he reveals himself to John as the resurrected Lord. I am he which was alive, uh, which was dead, but is alive forevermore, right? Then what happens? Brother Jeremy, can you read verse 21? Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Okay, so what are we seeing here? In the first appearance, once we get to this part, he, he then commissions them, right? He sends them out. He says, this is what you're going to do. Just like my Father sent me, I want you to go. So basically, he's giving the, the marching orders, right? The instructions for the church, right? You go out. And, and 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 you need to, this is what you're going to do. Just as my father sent me, I send you. Well, he did the same thing when he appeared to John. He commissioned the churches. Look at what he did in verse 11. Can you read verse 11 to us, Brother Fernando? Chapter 1? Yeah. And let me, I'll make this point. Everything that happens in heaven, has it has to be mirrored on the earth. Understand that. Uh, spiritual things that take place in the heavenly realm have yes. to be mirrored on the earth. And that's what we're seeing here. 
John is in the Lord's, uh, is, he's in the spirit on the Lord's day, that's in the spirit realm, in the heavenlies, um, and he hears uh, the voice of the Lord, or three, he sees three appearances of the Lord, or hear, yeah. hears his voice three times. So that's taking place in heavenly places. But now it has to mirror itself on the earth. Remember, uh, Jesus said, as my Father has sent me, that happened in heaven, now I send you. That's yeah. mirroring on the earth, right? So yeah. it's, a, it's a principle that, that we have to understand in order to understand the deeper things of God. So, and again, it is, it is another level of teaching, but it's, it's where God wants to take us, not just for certain people. It's for the whole body of Christ to Amen. learn uh, the, deep, the deeper things of God. Uh, you said Revelation 1, verse uh, 11? 11. Yeah, before you read that okay. again, in, 20, in 2021, what he does, right, after he reveals himself as the resurrected Lord, he then commissions the church and, and, right. and, and says, I'm going to send you forward, like you were just talking about. Well, he did the same thing. In his first appearance in the book of Revelation, he then commissions the church after he reveals himself to John. He commissions the right. church. Right? He, he says, read verse 11. What does he tell them to do in verse 11? Uh, he says, saying, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. Yeah. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Right. So what, what he first hears after all this is, is he says, now I'm commissioned to write in a book. And, and what he wants him to do is send what he's about to, to tell him or give him instructions to do to the seven churches. They're being commissioned. They're going to be, they're going to be uh, you know, guided, instructed, and told what to do and what not to do. Well, it's kind of the same thing, right? In, in verse 21, when, after he reveals himself, he, he then says, uh, as my father has sent me, so I send you. They receive a commission. And when John sees him, like you read in, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, after he's resurrected, then he commissions him. And, and, and from that point on, Revelation chapter 2 through Revelation chapter 3, the whole thing is about the commission of the, of the seven churches. Isn't that right? Yes. <laughs> Amen. So after the commission now, and, and, and we go through chapter 2 and chapter 3, you know, which is the commission of the seven churches, what happens in the earthly appearance, brother? After, he, after the disciples uh, are commissioned in verse 21, he then does something really interesting in, in 21 and, 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 uh, and, and 22 and 23. Could you read that to us? And when he said, he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever, whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them and whosoever sins you retain they are retained now brother fernando could you read to us revelation chapter four the commission's been given so what we should expect to see here somewhere in the next verse or two is, is a reference to the spirit right because what brother jeremy just read is that after the commission comes the spirit he breathes on them right and then, and then he gives them authority and tells them, you have the authority now to forgive or not forgive, right? Whoever sins you forgive, it'll be forgiven. If you don't, they won't. So there's an authority and the spirit now comes into play in John chapter 20, uh, verse 22. 
do we see the same thing now? Once the commission is over, we, we should see authority and we should see spirit. So could you read to us uh, verse 1 and 2 in Revelation chapter 4? This is all still the very first appearance that John has of Jesus in heaven, mirroring the very first appearance that they had on that first day. Same day, the Lord's day. Can you read it? After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Amen. So what we see in John chapter 20, verse 22 and 23, what Jeremy just read, is after they received the commission, he then breathes on them. He gives them the spirit. John describes the same kind of a thing here in verse 2 where he says after he finishes, uh, you know, the whole thing that he's laid out for the seven churches, the commission to the seven churches, once that concludes, just like in John chapter 22, uh, 20, uh, once it's concluded, you know, I send you like my father sends me, uh, then he breathes on them. Once that's concluded in Revelation chapter 4, he says, I'm immediately in the spirit. So we see uh, we see the spirit present after the commission, after the conclusion of, of all that's laid out for the seven churches and the commission. We now see John caught up in the spirit. And then what he sees is a throne, which represents authority, right? I, behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. It's interesting that after the spirit, uh, in, in John chapter 20, verse 22 and 23, they now have authority, which is which is very akin to the throne that they see because it represents authority and rulership, right? He gave them right and rulership on the earth. Whoever you forgive, they'll be forgiven. Whoever you don't, they won't. We see the pattern holding there. I beheld the throne was set in heaven. They see the Father as judge and authority. Jesus gives them uh, judgment and, and authority on the earth. The two mirror each other, just like you said, and the spirits there present, right, in verse 2. Can you see it? Yes. Amen. Amen. Okay, so that's the first appearance. And and that's the first time John appears, uh, Jesus appears to John in heaven. What's interesting, Brother Fernando, is you were talking about the mirror there, right? As we were reading it in what Paul, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, he was giving us a principle of how things are born and endure. And when he talked about it's sown a natural body, it seems that the first three appearances that occurred that John records in the natural world uh, now become in their fullest expression present in the spirit realm. It's really interesting because they both mirror each other, like you said, but in this case, it's a post, it's a post-tomb Lord that's appearing in the natural world. And what he's, how he's, how he's appearing, I don't understand it at all, because it's the mysteries of God here, but how he chooses to appear and everything that happens is key, it appears quite possibly, to, to the mirror or the, or, the, or the greater reality of what's going to become in heaven, right? Because it appears. The first appearance patterned the first appearance in the book of Revelation. In the miniature that they experienced in the first appearance on the earth, the greater and larger 
magnificent reality is unfolded in the first appearance in heaven. Just something to chew on, something to think about, something to look at. That's the first appearance. So what happens in the second appearance? Remember what happened in the second appearance? Let's go back and look mm -hmm. at that. And Brother, Brother Fernando, can you turn over to Revelation 5 because we're going to go over there. But go over to the, the second appearance, brother. The second appearance on earth after Jesus rose from the dead is dealing with Thomas. Because remember, he wasn't there, right? right? Let's take a look. Let's see if we can find more patterns. Now, this is the second appearance we're dealing with on earth, and we'll see the same pattern happen in heaven. Check this out. Second appearance. Brother Jeremy, can you read to us? Let's see, where do we start? Let's just start with the, where it starts in verse 25. Uh, can you read us 25 through 28, and then we'll go through the verses and, and, and compare them to the book of Revelation. It's quite astounding. Yes. <clears throat> the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered, and said unto him, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. So now, so now let's take a look at this, because we're going to see something pretty cool here. Uh, bearing in mind what we just read, this is the second appearance. This is the second time Jesus appeared. And this time, uh, the whole emphasis is, is, is on his, his wounds and also the fact that he's now proclaimed as my Lord and my God. And with that in mind, let's take a look at Revelation chapter 5, because that is when Jesus appears the second time as Jesus uh, in the book of Revelation. Can you can you read that to us, Brother Fernando, beginning with verse 4 through 6? And just read it out to, to verse through 6, and, and then we'll discuss it. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, and to lose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as they had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Okay, <laughs> let's see what we can see here. First of all, uh, what happens in verse 25, right? We have the disciples. This is John chapter 20, his first appearance on earth. And we're going to compare it. I mean, his second appearance on the earth. I'm sorry. And we're going to compare it with his second appearance in the book of Revelation. In the first appearance, let's just look at what's said here uh, on earth. The disciples are there, right? And and they tell uh, they tell Thomas, We've seen him, right? We've seen the Lord. But he said, I, I, I don't believe you. Uh, and and unless, I see, I, unless I see his wounds, right, the hands 
the print of the nails, put my finger in the print and thrust my hand into the side, I, I won't believe you. Now, do we see that uh, sort of thing fulfilled in Revelation 5 in, in the second appearance as well? I think so. Because in essence, what Brother Fernando just read, uh, where where uh, where he says uh, in verse 3, he says, And no man in heaven, nor in the earth, nor under the earth, Revelation 5, 3, was able to open the book or to look thereon. And then he says what in verse 4? I wept much because no man was found, right? No man was found worthy to open the book, so forth and so on. In essence, that's what we see happening as we're leading to the revealed lamb in, in the book of Revelation. He's going to be seen standing in the midst of the elders in a second here. But before he's seen, we have the same kind of scenario that no man is found. See, Thomas said, they said, we've seen him. But Thomas said, uh, I, I didn't see him. But you could almost say that 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 Thomas not seeing the, the Lord can represent that statement that says no man was found. Because once that <laughs> once that statement of no man was found, uh, and what he asks for, right, is I want to see. I won't. I won't believe it. I won't believe that he's real unless I can put my hand, see the wounds, right, and touch him and all that kind of stuff. But verse twenty-five likens to that 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 first part of verse 4 of Revelation 5 where it says no man was found. Thomas didn't find him. There was no man found at that point. And then we get to verse 26. It says after eight days again, his disciples were within. Thomas is with them. And then it says this. It says, then came Jesus and stood in the midst saying, peace be unto you. So what we see that is that the next thing that happens in verse five? What brother, uh, what brother Fernando just read is that one of the elders says to him, uh, "Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof." And then it says this, "And I beheld, and lo, there's that phrase again, in the midst, right, of the throne, and in the midst of the elders." Stands a lamb. That's exactly what happened in the second appearance. That's what happened. Thomas is saying, I don't believe. There's no man found. And then Jesus comes and stands in the midst. That's what we see happening in the second appearance in the book of Revelation as well. He's told not to weep. And then suddenly there's a lamb standing in the midst. Isn't that what it says? Verse 6. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and in what? The midst of the elders stood a lamb as what? As he had been slain. So this is how Jesus appears to him in <laughs> in verse 27, right, Brother Jeremy? He, yes. he appears. He, what does he do? He says, here, look, I'm the lamb. And yes. look at, I, I was slain, right? Look at me. You put your hand. And I, you read that, would you? He says, reach hither thy finger and behold my hand and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. So in the second appearance, Jesus actually is presented as the lamb to Thomas, right? I won't believe it unless I see him and I can feel him and touch him. And in, and in the second appearance in heaven in the book of Revelation that Jesus makes to John, 
he again stands in the midst of the elders, just like he's doing here in John chapter uh, 20, verse 27. He's standing in the midst of the elders again, and now he's presenting himself as the lamb that has been slain, and now he's standing there. And Thomas's reaction, can you read that in verse 28, Brother Jeremy? He said, and Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God, so his reaction to seeing this lamb that was slain now uh, is is my Lord and my God. And the same thing happens in heaven. Can you read verse 13 and 14 to us, Brother uh, Fernando of Revelation 5? Look what they do. They did the same thing Thomas did. But, uh, verse 13. 13 and 14, yes. Okay. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them heard, I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. That's exactly what Thomas and them did, right? After he saw the Lamb, after it was proved to him, the Lamb stands in the midst of the elders, you know, the same things happened in, in the first appearance on earth. He, the second appearance, excuse me, on earth, he presents himself as as the slain lamb. And once he does, Thomas proclaims him as Lord and God. The same thing happens in Revelation chapter 5. He stands in the midst. He presents himself as the slain lamb, but resurrected. And the result is the elders and all the rest of the marvelous beings that are gathered there they fall down and worship him just like thomas did this is the second appearance and the parallel of it on earth as it is in heaven right <laughs> any thoughts so far or do you see it can you see anything in these yes. things yes all right okay so we go to the third and final appearance now which we've discussed at length and preached about it or taught about it the, the the final appearance of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation as the resurrected Lord, uh, as John presents him, it, it mirrors the same thing that happened in the concluding chapter of the Gospel of John, John chapter 21. The first thing that we see is verse 4. Can you read verse 4 to us, Brother Jeremy? But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Remember what we taught, that they're on the Sea of Tiberias, right? It's the last days. Um, and you go back and listen to those podcasts, and you'll see that the Sea of Tiberias, as John presented it, right, represents the sea at the end of the world. Tiberias, the type of the Antichrist, he uses that Roman name for the Sea of Galilee to indicate something far deeper than we've ever really considered before. And we talked about that at length. It represents the last days, the midnight hour. They go fishing, the seven disciples in the boat representing the church, seven churches, right? And then they're fishing at midnight. There's nothing being caught. And then we come to the second, uh, the, the third and final appearance of the Lord that John is talking about. And we'll see how it mirrors because it's coming off the sea at midnight. And John describes his first appearance, his third appearance as beginning with what Brother Jeremy just read as the morning was now come and Jesus is standing on the shore. And we talked about 
The shore is the type of heaven. Mourning is the type of the second coming of the Lord. And standing on the shore is a type of him as judge. In the third appearance of the Lord in the book of Revelation, we see the very same thing. When the morning comes, heaven is open, a type of the shore, and we see Jesus as the judge. Can you read that to us in in chapter 19, verse 11, Brother uh, Fernando? This is of uh, Revelation, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, it says, um, and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. So notice the parallels. We have Jesus in John 21 in his third appearance standing on the shore. This is very symbolic because the shore represents heaven. Um, the word standing there implies the one from heaven who judges. He stands as a judge. That's what the word stood means, to, to stand as, as a judge, really. And, and, and it's identified as the morning was now come, John 21, 4. This is the third appearance, so we see him first re revealing himself this way. And in Revelation 19, in the third appearance of the Lord in the book of Revelation, it's the same thing. He sees heaven. That's the equivalent to the shore in John 21, 4. He sees him standing. We see the Lord on a white horse ready to judge, right? And it's, it's his second coming, represented in John 21, verse 4, as the morning has now come. So he presents him there, and, and, and we see him uh, mirroring what he did on the earth, as you said, Brother Fernando. Now, we should see the rest in John chapter uh, 21 that we see in, John, in, in Revelation 19. The, the three appearances mirror each other. Now, what do we see in verse 6 of John 21, verse 6? What he goes on to describe to us there, Brother Jeremy. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. So what do we see? We see him presenting himself as, as, as the one on the shore representing heaven, as the one as uh, standing representing uh, the judge, and he, he describes it as the morning now coming. That's the second coming. The day is breaking. The midnight is being drawn away. We see the mirror of that in Revelation 19.11, which Brother Fernando just meant, uh, mentioned. Uh, heaven is open, uh, and, and we see him standing on a uh, uh, sitting as judge, coming to, to make war and judge. It, it's there. The morning has come. Heaven is open. And Jesus is presented as the judge. That's, that's the mirror. Now we come to this part where, where he talks about casting a net and catching a multitude of fish. The same thing happens in Revelation 19. There's multitudes and, and, and all that kind of stuff happening. Can you read verse 1, Brother, Brother Fernando, 19.1? says, uh, and after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. So this is, this is portraying uh, what was happening in, in, in John 21, 6, a multitude of fish. And we know from the scripture, which we looked at and explored uh, in Matthew 13, if you remember back in that teaching, that the net represents the kingdom of heaven. 
And so in John 21, 6, we see a net and we see a multitude of fish caught. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 1, we hear uh, many, many voices being brought to heaven. It, it, it mirrors the net. It mirrors heaven and the net are, and the kingdom of God are the same thing. And then in verse 6, he says, I hear, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. And and and, and that's the fish, right? In, in, in Revelation 19, verse Six, they're called a great multitude in John chapter 21 verse 6 it's called a great multitude of fish and they're being drawn to the shore which is heaven now as the fish are drawn to shore uh, in, in John chapter 21 verse 12 uh, what happens can you read verse 12 to us um, brother Jeremy verse 12 here we go Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. So he, he calls to them, right? And says, Come and dine, right? Come and eat. And look at Revelation 19, verse 9. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy? I mean, Brother Fernando? Yeah. Says. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are true sayings, these are the true sayings of God. These are the true sayings. So there we see in in in, uh, in John twenty one, once the fish are taken off the sea and, and uh, that that they're called to come and dine. And in Revelation nineteen verse nine, uh, he calls them the great multitude that's now in heaven, he calls them to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Again, that's the end of the three appearances right there. That's the third time Jesus appeared in the earth after he resurrected, and we see the mirror of it the third time he appears to John in the book of Revelation. It's the same story, if you can see it. <laughs> Those are the three appearances, right? So... Brother Jeremy, could you close us out today with uh, John 21 and, and read to us uh, what, what John said in verse 24 and 25? Yes. <clears throat> this is the disciple which testified of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Amen. So that's how, <laughs> that's how he finishes, right? And when he says, look, he says, Jesus did so much, man. And, and I know this isn't easy for people sometimes. And we're doing this over you know our podcast says unless you have your bible you're probably going i don't know about this but i mean really look at the scriptures as we've been looking at them and see something so beautiful and so symmetrical is actually taking place between what happened on the earth and then when john sees him years later he appears to him just like he appeared three times on the earth that john notes he then appears to john in the book of revelation in the same exact way uh, each and every appearance mirrors the first three appearances on the earth when he finally gets caught up into heaven and everything unfolds 
and the history of how everything is played out, he appears to himself three times like he did on the earth. He appears to John in heaven three times. And, and, he, and then he unfolds the same way that he unfolded on the earth. He does it in heaven. Something profound happened there. And John says here in verse 25, uh, you know what? Uh, he said that there, there are also so many other things which Jesus did, he said in verse 25, if they would be written, I suppose even the world itself. He's not just talking about the planet. That's that word cosmos, right? It, it's it's right. the entirety of the universe, he said, couldn't contain everything that he actually did. That's what he said. And so we're seeing some beautiful mysteries here and some connective uh, tissues, if you will, between the natural and the spiritual. But Paul is telling us that what actually happened in the natural had to come first in order for the spiritual to be realized. And the way that the Lord appeared the first three times to his disciples is perfectly married in the, in the next three times he appears to John in the book of Revelation. And and how it concludes is how the 21st chapter concludes, right? It concludes with, with a dinner, come and dine. It concludes with a great multitude of fish coming off the sea to the shore, a type of heaven. And, and that's what happens in the book of Revelation chapter 19. A great multitude is now in heaven and now the invitation to come to the marriage supper of the Lamb. When they see Jesus in, in, chapter nine, uh, in chapter 21 standing on the shore at the break of day, that's very symbolic of how he's seen the third time he appears in the book of Revelation as well, in that he's coming to judge, he's coming to get his fish out of the sea, to bring them home, and to offer them the marriage supper of the Lamb. John says, wow, if all these things that he did really could truly be fathomed and understood, he said, there's not enough books in the entirety of this massive universe to truly describe what a great Savior we serve. Yes. Yes. <laughs> any, That's any comforting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it, it, it's comforting because um, the way he comes to his disciples and he appears to them, uh, he says, peace be unto you, which means that everything is at a state of nas- national, what does he call it? The definition, national tranquility. National tranquility, yes. <laughs> it, it's powerful. You know, like I got everything in control, the cosmos. <laughs> the same way he appears to uh, to John, you know, in, in telling him fear not. You yeah. know, and he, even when he appeared to Mary, you know, and, and to his, the prophets, fear not. You know, for yeah. you know, so it, it's beautiful. Um, what is what John establishes is that uh, <laughs> everything is at rest. In other words, you know, um, the resurrection, you know, has yeah. brought everything <laughs> to subjection. It's just a matter of time and, now for us. Yeah, and and there's something there, and 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 you know, I just wanted to like put out there for those of you that are listening to To see how fascinating God's word is, to see how multi-layered it is, and and like Brother Fernando said, listen, this isn't just for theologians, you know, locked in their clo- in their dusty closet with a single light bulb that's flickering, you know, as they they've gone insane because they've been <laughs> studying the word for so long. This is so beautiful, you know. We may not understand the mysteries in its fullness yet. But the connections are there, and they're put in such a way that they're not easily seen 
unless the Holy Spirit decides to reveal them to us. And that's what he's right. done today. Right? right? I mean, that's what he's done today. Three appearances in the book of Revelation of the resurrected Lord to John. Three appearances Hallelujah. in the gospel of John to his disciples of the resurrected Lord. And each appearance in succession mirrors the other one, the one on the earth is is blown up if you will and magnified and, and expanded in heaven and there seems to be some sort of principle there you know there seems to be some sort of a principle there that it, it how he appeared as the resurrected lord on the earth subsequently years later when the book of revelation would be written and what was revealed to john would be revealed seemed to in some way uh you know, forge the opening for him to have revealed to him what was revealed, which ultimately culminates with the return of the Lord. Just as he stood on the shore the third time he appeared to them on earth, he's going to stand on the shore of heaven very soon. That's how he appeared. And he's going to take his fish out of the sea like he did in John chapter 21, and he's going to bring them home and feed them. That's what he did on the earth when he appeared the third time. It's um, fascinating. It's fascinating. He, you know, he appears as a lamb, right? And yeah. in even in even his appearance on the lamb, this was already foreordained. That's what Peter tells us, right? Even his yeah. death, right? Uh, when he yeah. talks about, you know, it was foreordained before the foundation of the world. But he says, yeah. but it was made manifest in these last times for you. So, you know, it, it reminded me of even the prayer of Jesus, the Lord's prayer. He would pray things like, Lord, let your will be done as it is in heaven. Let it be done on earth. So whatever yeah. happens on earth is just a manifestation of something that's already taking place in heaven. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and and then when, when, when God opens up our spiritual eyes, man, we see the glory of it. <laughs> you know, with yeah. John saw in the book of Revelation, numerous hosts of angels, hallelujah, and, and the Lamb himself. And, yeah. and see, and, and you know, do we have to wait to get to heaven to see these things? Uh, yes or no? I, w I would say no, because we can begin, to, God begins to reveal these things, even unto babes, to us, the things, yeah. right, that he has in store yeah. for us. So this is beautiful. Even the manifestation, again, as a lamb, it's something that already took place in the past, in yeah. heaven. It was foreordained. Laying so, before the this, foundation of the world, right? Yeah. And I find it fascinating that that, uh, you know, that the second time he appears in heaven, as John describes him, he appears as 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 a lamb uh, that was slain. Right. And is alive. And it's interesting that as we had put forth in our previous studies that <clears throat> Thomas, in many ways, represented Israel as a whole. Right. Who missed out on, on the first appearance. Right. Missed out on yes. the commission, missed out on all that. But when he sees him the second time, he sees him as the lamb, in a mm -hmm. sense, because there was a lamb that 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 needed to be presented uh, to that that missing Israel type. You know what I mean? <laughs> what are these wounds in your hand, right? And that's how he's seen the second time as well, in Revelation chapter five. I know some of you, your heads are probably spinning, but but that's okay. I mean, this is this isn't exactly uh, like Brother Fernando <laughs> said. You know, it's not Bible 101. But it's not so deep that we can't see some really cool patterns. And 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 uh, what does this prove to us? It proves that God's word is unlike anything that is. 
And it also shows you that that uh, you could never possibly uh, write this as, as a single human being without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's what John right. did. It's incredible. I'll say this, uh, Brother Marty, I think that as we go along in these podcasts, we're going to see these principles more and more. You're gonna, we're going to see them in Scripture more and more, not less and less. Yes, yes. So that's that's something right. that's that, that's something that you have to understand as a listener. Jesus uh, always spoke. Uh, he he always said things like, "The kingdom of heaven is like unto that like as mm-hmm. principle, mm-hmm. right?" Yeah. And we yeah. spoke about the the parable of the ten virgins. He said, "To understand the kingdom of heaven um, and spiritual things, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto ten virgins." In order to understand spiritual things, you have to understand ten virgins or, yes. the, or the parable of the ten virgins. So in order, right. to, in order to understand spiritual things, you have to understand natural things, mm-hmm. right? So first, first the terrestrial, then the celestial. That's what you were talking about in, in, yeah. in, the, in the book of Corinthians where Paul talked about that. So what yeah. we're learning in, in John chapter 21 is what's taking place in the terrestrial yeah. And then we see it in the book of Revelation in the celestial. Yes. So this is a principle that is found all through Scripture. So it's not something new. It's something that we're, we're going to begin to see more and more because this is the way that the Holy Spirit chose to inspire the Word of God to be revealed unto us. Yes. yes. And the focus is always on, 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 on the Lord, right? I mean, Jesus Christ, Correct. the Son of the Lord God. Because that's what it's all about. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's how he revealed himself uh, in the three appearances that John pointed out. And it's how he revealed himself in the three appearances in the book of Revelation to John. It, it's so incredibly fascinating. And 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 uh, as you said, Paul gave us that principle. First the earthly, then 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 the heavenly, right? First the natural, then the spiritual. And and I suppose I'm struggling for words. To, there seems to be a connection with with the birthing process in how God constructs and creates, and that's what we're seeing. There, the the very fact that Jesus came, the 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 personification of the Godhead manifested as a man, right? God wrapped Himself in human flesh. His Son came and and took upon Himself the likeness of flesh of sinful flesh and 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 he rose from the dead uh and then chose to appear in these three ways in the earth then when when the actual unfolding of the mystery of the book of revelation is revealed to the apostles he appears to him exactly the same way three times and exactly in the same sequence and in the same manner that he appeared in the earth. That to me is incredibly fascinating. And there's and we're like you said, Brother Fernando, I believe as we go forward we're going to see this more and more. And we're going to begin to understand the deeper mysteries of God that are that are reserved for his children that are seeking after him. So that we might be equipped and and empowered uh for the days ahead. It's as if uh like what Jesus said, right? You'll you'll know the truth and the truth is going to set you free. It's incredible, these mysteries, these wondrous places, these spiritual things that, that our Heavenly Father has laid 
on the table for us uh, to discover. And with each and every discovery, we become more and more humbled like Thomas, right? So we say, my Lord and my God, right? <laughs> You're something else, Lord. You're amazing. Praise God. Amen. And, and, and it's so true. It's so true, Brother Marty. The key here and, and the goal and the pursuit of, of, of this great revelation is to know him. Yeah. In the power of his resurrection. Lord, yeah. that's, that's the pursuit, to know him, to find him. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's how he chose to reveal himself. Um, and, and, he, and he shows aspects of himself to us that are not known to us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's powerful. You know what, brother? You made me think of when you just said that. Uh, because in John 21, when he tells them to come and dine, like Brother Jeremy read, uh, when he says come and dine, what does it say? It says, but they didn't, they didn't nobody asked him who he was because, right? <laughs> is that what, how did it right. say that, brother? Uh, what what is scripture is this in, in John 21? Yeah, I think it's verse 12. What, is, what does it say? Uh, Get it right here. It's right here. It says, uh, Jesus said unto them, come and dine. Oh, yeah. And none of the disciples dared or durst to ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord. That's kind of fascinating because when John first saw him, he describes him in a way, right? Um, uh, and as he describes him throughout the book of Revelation, he, he reveals himself as he that has the eyes of, that are flaming fire or feet you know, burnished brass, a sharp two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. He didn't ask who he is, right? No one knew, right. no one dared ask who you are. <laughs> they knew it was right. the Lord. It's almost like a veiled thing there, right? We're going to, we know it's him, but we've never seen him like this, man. <laughs> right? uh, it's powerful, man. It is. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you got any thoughts? Are you still there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's amazing just reading through it all and actually looking through the notes here just to see how how parallel the appearances were uh, in the day of the Lord and the resurrection of the Lord. And even that in itself, just that first parallel of the, the day of the Lord that John's speaking of being the resurrection day, yeah. he also alludes to a, a, a resurrection day in the future that's coming. Yeah. For those of us who believe in Christ and for those of us who who join, who long for his appearing, you know, and, and just going through it all, just the first appearance there in uh, Revelation 1, right, where he talks about he was in the spirit in the Lord's day and he stood in the midst of the churches. And just to keep going forth, it's amazing how, how, uh, how connected it is and how those two books weren't written back to back. Like John, John is the oldest gospel. Uh, in yeah. history, it's one of the oldest books in like gospel books in history, and to see that years later on an island of Patmos, he writes in the book of Revelation, and we see that it there's a there's a there's a um like it's very parallel to the appearance yeah. of Christ, and I, and I really think that no man could have planned that out, but that's only the work of the Holy Spirit and the Amen. work of God, and and that's really just goes to show that all Scripture is spirit breathed. And it is encouraged by God. And I think, um, you know, it's powerful to see that. And just to see, you know, what really got me was the last appearance, 
how he's on the shore calling them and they didn't even they didn't even ask who he was because they already knew who he was because yeah. of the prior fellowship that they had had and then leading yeah. up to that point as they had been toiling all night but when they finally cast their net on the right side then the harvest came and then like yeah. you said a few podcasts before you said everything is done on the right side because if yeah. you if you read the scripture the bible says that jesus sits at the right hand of the father and i thought that was another powerful point that you brought out as well and that in in um, as they go to the shore, you know, as that's their them going going home basically with the Lord and going to heaven and he says, Come and come and dine with me. And um that last parallel too with that last chapter as he's sitting there and it's the marriage supper of the Lamb and I think that's what you know, that's what we're all looking forward to and I thought it was really it was amazing to see the parallel. I had never seen I had never seen the resurrection of Christ like this after this series. Like I've never seen it like that before. And, uh, you know, just the parallel it is and how it's a constant reminder that the Lord is coming really soon. And uh, if you don't have any hope in this world, don't worry, because your only hope should be that Jesus is coming back. And that <laughs> one day he will appear to us and we will be up there in glory with him. And I just thought it was amazing. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah, it's amazing just to see the connection and all that. Praise God. That's good. That's awesome. Brother Jeremy, you want to close this up? I think, uh, yes, I think you closed it off, uh, Jeremiah. Amen. Uh, I didn't said it any, any better, you know. Uh, and uh, this is beautiful. And the Word of God is like that. You know, uh, you don't expect to get a revelation in an instant all the time. But if you dig in just a little bit, if you take time to consider the scriptures, the things that are being said, you'll find it. I believe you'll find it. Some of you, they just clicked. Other you, it's going to take maybe this weekend, <laughs> an hour or two, and, and maybe a few a few days of fasting. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, you'll get it because it's there to be found for those who are searching. The scriptures are inexhaustible, and they've all been inspired by the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is still here to inspire you and bring revelation if you search him, if you look for him. So I challenge you. I pray that you've been blessed today. I pray that uh, you uh, join us back together, if the Lord allows it, this coming Monday as we continue exploring, hallelujah, these things and speaking and declaring the message. This is the whole purpose of this podcast is to declare the message that Jesus Christ is coming back again. God bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord bless you. Keep looking up.